making a public commitment to be transparent about its carbon footprint and make a pledge to be you know, carbon neutral 10 years ahead of the, the guidelines for the Paris Accord. This is big news from Amazon and it's definitely a turn for them in terms of transparency. Welcome to the Channel Mastery Podcast. If you're a specialty business and brand leader obsessed with understanding what the most effective channels are today to connect with, serve, and sell to your target consumers, then you've just found the perfect podcast and community. My name is Kristen Carpenter, and I'm your host and the founder of Verde Brand Communications, the presenting sponsor of Channel Mastery. Verde created the Channel Mastery Podcast to level the playing field for the specialty brands we serve. Every week on this show, we study how consumer preferences are changing and the evolving channels they like to use to engage with their favorite brands. Once again, welcome to Channel Mastery and subscribe today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Channel Mastery. This is our special series that we offer on a regular basis featuring Larry Plummer of Indigitus.com. Welcome back to the show, Larry. It's great to have you. Hey, Kristen. Great to be back. So here we are right at the beginning of October 2019. We have some news headlines that we're going to share, but we're ultimately going to try and drill down into the marketplace as a channel for the specialty brands and retailers we serve. Thank you for the feedback that you guys offered on on the last installment we have, and we're going to keep this short and sweet and really try and deliver on what you guys asked for. So with that said, I'd like to just hit a couple of headlines that Larry agrees Larry directed me on as most important for you, the Channel Mastery audience. There are so many out there, but these are the two that he thought would be the most interesting for you. First of all is Patagonia suing Amazon. Can you give us your take on that? The lawsuit was filed in early September about a month ago, so not a lot has transpired from it, but that's a stake in the ground move. And just so everybody knows, all of the links that Larry and I discuss in the show will be available in the show notes. Yeah, it's a, it's another case where uh, brands are challenging the kind of the Amazon marketplace concept of uh, you know free and open marketplace, whether or not their sellers are authorized to sell those products or can back up a warranty, or it's really kind of getting at the heart of some of the challenges that brands and sellers have faced with Amazon marketplace, uh, as it's you know got a lot of gray market distribution, a lot of counterfeits, the authenticity issues has always been a challenge. So Patagonia is actually going after an Amazon seller specifically, saying that they don't uh, you know, have the right to distribute that product on Amazon. So there's always been a lot of complaints about this, but when it gets into the courts, it's a different story. So uh, we're going to be watching this real close. And about a year ago, which is hard to believe it was a year ago, we had a special section. It was a three-part series, sorry, on 3P. Uh, I'll put the link in there, but that content is now a year old. I do know that Snooze is is doing a pretty extensive piece for The Voice coming up. Um, so keep an eye, an eye out for that. I think it's dropping for the January uh, trade show gatherings that we're having in Snow Sports and Outdoor in Denver in January 2020. Um, but obviously the reporting's happening around that issue right now. So we're going to have to really kind of watch this in real time 
Um, it's a super interesting extension of that 3P conversation as it pertains to our specialty markets. I know, you know, speaking with Petzl, for example, for that piece that we put together a year ago, John Rockefeller talked so much about how important it is to have resellers and a presence on Amazon that can be trusted, that can fulfill warranty, that's safe, frankly, for the climbing hardware and rescue equipment that they provide. So I feel like for our people on Channel Mastery, this is a very interesting headline to follow. And I applaud Patagonia for doing what they're doing here. I think it's fantastic just in terms of holding Amazon to the ethics of having authorized dealers. Agreed. So on to the next one, the climate neutral headline pretty big news and obviously ties so well into Patagonia moving on to this one. Give us the take on, well, first, if you could tell us the headline and give us your take on it, that would be amazing. Yeah. So this is uh, recent news. So Amazon co-founded something they're calling the climate pledge. You know, there was, there was a lot of pressure inside Amazon. I think a lot of credit goes to Amazon employees really trying to get Amazon to step up in terms of their transparency, their carbon footprint, which they had always kind of obfuscated, and, you know, see if they could do more. And for me, it's it's very interesting because Amazon's always been a little bit wishy-washy in terms of PR and, and what kind of stance they're going to take on policy. So when they go into something on a big way, it's big news. And what Jeff Bezos said with respect to climate, uh, he said, we're done being in the middle of a herd on this issue. We've decided to use our size and scale to make a difference. That's pretty remarkable when you have one of the world's largest companies uh, making a public commitment to be transparent about its carbon footprint and make a pledge to be you know, carbon neutral 10 years ahead of the, the guidelines for the Paris Accord. So this is uh, this is big news from Amazon and it's definitely a turn for them in terms of transparency. Agreed. And I, we obviously talked in our pregame before we hit the record button here today. They're taking, I think, a, a point of differentiation that in the outdoor space, obviously we serve a lot of different specialty markets, but active outdoor lifestyle is a big portion of our reader, our audience here on Channel Mastery. And this is a major move there. And when we always go back to Amazon and how they train the consumer, they're further further training the consumer with this by showing them that they're using their size and scale to make a difference. And it is the right move from a business standpoint. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that affects the the branding and positioning of cause and ethics around specialty brands. That is a really important brand touch point for specialty brands to create that emotional connection and to raise the bar and to give them something to vote with their dollars for. And now a marketplace is doing that. So it's just interesting. And I want everyone to think about how that affects how precise your message is. And if your brand or your company is not actually set up with a precise, you know, this is what we stand for. This is who we are from an ethical or a cause standpoint. Now is definitely the time to be getting your house in order in that regard. Yes. And of course, the outdoor industry and outdoor brands in particular, thinking about such as Patagonia, we discussed leading on those efforts for years and years and years. But I think it's, you know, worth applauding Amazon for, you know, maybe they're late to the party, but for a company of that size and scale, you know, to be making this basically common for for them moving forward and setting the bar, pretty remarkable. So I think customers are going to see this too in the form of Amazon's made a commitment to the electric car maker Rivian, which they have a stake in actually, uh, to buy 100,000 electric delivery vehicles. Um, 
So, you know, customers are going to see those those electric vehicles roaming around the streets delivering their, their Amazon packages. So I think it's going to be not just one of these things that they say they do and then we forget about the headline, but it's going to be a constant reminder as, as we see those trucks move around. It is. Another thing we discussed in our in our rehearsal was just some of the scrutiny that Amazon has had through its fulfillment centers and the work conditions there. Obviously, this is a very big point of visibility around the Amazon brand in terms of creating a perception and looking at the action behind that. But that shipping infrastructure, you know, that Rivian, that 100,000 Rivian vans is part of, I wanted to have you talk a little bit about how Amazon has quietly developed this shipping infrastructure and obviously is is becoming a go-to solution on that front. They're going to have even more touch points with our end consumer that we serve. So before we get into that, can you give us the news that you know on the shipping infrastructure of Amazon? Well, yeah, I think... Quietly is probably the right word because I think a lot of their infrastructure development has been B2B. Uh, you know, Amazon's been working on uh, ocean freighting and customs brokering and, you know, buying jumbo jets and a lot of things that maybe customers don't see on day to day. But they have been building this, this shipping network that's pretty massive at this point. Amazon right now has eclipsed the UPS and uh, the Postal Service in terms of the number of Amazon packages it delivers. So Amazon is its biggest owned delivery service already. And they're expanding this service into commercial freight, you know, that's not Amazon order related. So Amazon is, you know, right on the cusp of becoming the world's largest shipping company, uh, which is, you know, kind of mind boggling to think about. It truly is. And again, there's just more touch points on our end consumers. So it's important to think about from that end to end, like consumer journey and the experience the consumer has as they're shopping from you, interfacing and engaging with your brand, and then ultimately converting and the touch points that Amazon has, whether it's as a search engine or whether it's as a way that they're actually getting their packages in a way that they think is stand up with a Rivian van. So it's just, again, it's an interesting one. When we talk about the the Goliath, the 8,000-pound 8, gorilla that Amazon has been and, and how it's now, I think, making some moves to semi-endear itself or at least become more of a neutral part of people's lives who haven't really loved what they've stood for in the past. Right. And how do you compete with that? <laughs> if you're if you're a brand and, and you're shipping orders and you're using UPS or anything and you don't have, you know, your own, you know, 100,000 vehicle delivery fleet, that's a pretty tough competitor. That could be a great future show for us in terms of taking a case study and potentially asking a, a, a brand willing to go on record to join us on a future show, Larry, is how would you compete with that or would you applaud that and make it part of your experience? You know, I don't know, like that's something I'd love to actually turn into a future podcast for our people. And keep in mind, dear listener, you're always welcome to give us ideas for Larry's ongoing segment covering the Amazon marketplace. So we're, we always look for your uh, feedback and appreciate your feedback from the last show. Um, but let's keep moving on here. I wanted to talk about the holiday. Obviously, we're in the holiday window, but there's a there's a transition that you and I discussed that I think is really important to share your insight on, Larry. And that's how Amazon has, you know, 
had, has traditionally swung from profitability to growth and back. And there's obviously no rhyme or reason. There's no way to predict it. Um, but right now, they're coming off some very profitable quarters. And I'd love for you to talk about the levers that you saw them use to get that profitability and how they're adjusting those to go back to growth for holiday. I think this is very, very important for our audience. It's interesting because... You know, Amazon doesn't announce these things, right? <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's a, in fact, a lot of it, I think, is surprising to some people in Amazon. But yeah, Amazon has had a couple of, you know, really great quarters. You know, they've shown Wall Street that they can be profitable. Um, but in true Amazon fashion, you know, they <clears throat> they like to swing the pendulum the other way and work on, on growth because they're also seeing that that profitability slows down their growth. But as you mentioned, Kristen, there's... You know, when you're operating at that kind of scale, this massive scale that Amazon has, they they're just not very nuanced in being able to you know move those levers. So uh, we tend to see these kind of broad changes and these you know big policies you know either come or go, and so they stand out and they're recognizable to folks like us who are close to the business and watch it on a on a daily basis. So so some of the things we're seeing, for example, is you know, Amazon being more aggressive on price matches. So it was where they had kind of backed off of some of the price matching issues, preserve profitability. They're again being a little bit more aggressive, especially towards what they call like a super image competitor, which would be like a Walmart or a Target. But they also had restrictions on products that they maybe wouldn't sell because of a profitability issue, marginal profitability. So unless you give us a better price or the marketplace improves. And a lot of those restrictions are we've seen have lifted. So Amazon's selling those products that they didn't want to sell just six months ago. So there's many of these levers that they've got that, you know, you can see restrictions that are lifted or in place that signal to us that Amazon's being more aggressive and looking for that growth. And going into holiday, that makes sense. You, you had a pretty fantastic acronym. Can you share that? The can't realize a profit. <laughs> yep, the crap list. Um, you don't, <laughs> don't want to get on the crap list because uh, it's, it's tough to get decrapped. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's an old joke at Amazon. They can't realize a profit on something, so they sideline that product and say they're not going to buy it. So when we see you know many many products that Amazon previously said were crap, now Amazon's freely buying. It definitely signals a change. Another uh, example of that is the add-on status, which is where Amazon won't sell something under a certain price unless customers add more to their cart. That is basically, you know, gone right now. So that Amazon's selling very, very cheap things, you know, prime one day. But I guess I think the message to your listeners is, you know, don't get used to this. Like Amazon's going to make the, the pivot back again. There'll be uh, pressure again. Who knows? Maybe it's Q1, maybe it's Q2, but they're going to come back and say, okay, we got the growth. Now we need to go back to the profit and items that we got used to selling without improving their margin are suddenly going to be sidelined again. So it's always important to keep that, that pendulum swing in mind. And I love the way you described it. They operate at such a massive scale. It's management by, by blunt instruments. So keep in mind, everybody, that pendulum swings in a blunt manner, usually unannounced, which I know is not the best for efficiency in terms of this as an important channel to your business. Yeah. If you're selling $5 water bottles, 
right now on Amazon and a business is really good, don't take that to the bank because that's going to change. Right. Well, we have a, there's so many other things that we could touch on that I, that we're obviously going to have to go into in the next episode that we share together. And that obviously we'll be touching on the Patagonia front. I know there's some um, things that are surfacing in grocery headlines that hopefully we'll be able to dive in more as, as they take shape in, in a few weeks when you're back. So just want everybody to know that we are going to be hitting more headlines as they pertain to the specialty uh, business using Amazon as a channel as, and also just the Amazon brand out there and the touch point that it has on our end consumer. That's what we'll be hitting going forward. So tell my amazing audience, Larry, where can they learn more about you? And what is the um, way that they can subscribe to a secret web that you've just created for them? Maybe tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, my not so secret website. Um, so I've got a blog <laughs> called Amazon POV, as in point of view, amazonpov.com. And you can subscribe. I update it monthly. Um, and you can find all kinds of good juicy news there. Awesome. Thank you so much. As always, Larry, it's great to have you with us on the show. Thanks, Kristen. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you're finding value in the Channel Mastery Podcast, and I certainly hope you are, I'd love to ask that you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, as well as rate and review the show on iTunes. Doing so helps more people discover the content, more specialty business and brand leaders can be helped by the incredible resources we're offering every week on the show. I also would like to invite you to join our community at channelmastery.com or verdepr.com. Sign up with your email and you'll receive special resources and content created just for friends of the podcast. You'll also receive advanced notice of new Channel Mastery trainings and offerings like our brand new digital resource and membership that's opening up in Q3 2019. Thanks for listening and see you next week.